Hey everybody, welcome to We Need to Talk About Kevin, uh, a podcast where we watch all the Kevin Smith movies in order. <laughs> Again, I'm still sick, uh, I don't feel great, I'm a little low energy today, uh, but I'm your host, Ted. I'm Rose. I'm Trevor. Uh, and today we have a very special guest from Street Fight, uh, Murder Brian. Hey, it's me, Murder Brian. <laughs> welcome to the show, Brian. Thank you. This week we watched uh, Cop Out, um, and before we get started, I, I always want to make sure when we have a guest on, I want to apologize to them for making them watch this one of these movies. Uh, so sorry, Brian. No, it's not a problem. I did hate it, but it's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, usually we also sort of ask our guests, like, what's their history with Kevin Smith? Have they seen all of his other movies? Have they seen any of his movies or really anything yeah i've seen um you know what i think i've seen all of his movies with the possible exception of jersey girl which i probably did see and forgot about but <laughs> i mean i i've even i've watched his last no i okay so i gotta be fair i didn't watch like tusk or that <laughs> yeah. uh uh one movie about george w bush or whatever that <laughs> you know what i'm talking about there was like this in oh, red state Red State, yeah. Red yeah. State, yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch Red State, but I've seen, okay, here's the thing. I've seen everything in the View Askewniverse, for really? nice. sure. And I saw Cop Out on opening night, for sure. You saw well, Cop Out opening night? I'm positive. I, I, me and my wife went and saw Cop Out on opening <laughs> night. I'm positive of it. Do you think your opinion of Cop Out has changed at all in the past 10 years between viewings? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, yes, it ha like I have a, I I didn't like it then, and uh, I didn't like it now. But I have different opinions on it now than I did ten years ago. I guess. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so how did how did uh, y'all feel about it, Trav Rose? Oh God. <laughs> this is yeah. Like... I was not a fan of this one. <laughs> have you guys liked any of them yet? I mean, like, are, are, are most of them, do you have positive feelings about most of them, or is it, no. like, kind of, no. you dislike <laughs> most of them? Um, we, I would say we dislike most of them, um, <laughs> yeah. but, but often in surprising new ways. Uh, I still think Clerks is good. And a lot of times the things that I think I'm going to hate end up being things that I like. <laughs> And then they're, they're just the smallest part of the movie. Have you I, I, have, sort of sucks. have you fallen in love with one? But like, for people don't absolutely know, not. For people that don't know what I do, uh, there is a part of my career that is kind of doing deep dives on radio shows and stuff. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, I've done these on. I've done a bunch of stuff on Shock Jocks, and Bubba the Love Sponge was a guy I'd never heard of. I thought he sounded like a dipshit and a loser, and then I listened to it, and he is a dipshit and a loser, but I ended up liking him, and like, ah, oh, I kind of begrudgingly have grown affectionate towards this man. Yeah. <laughs> has has that happened to, to you guys yet at all? I thought it would. I thought it would happen to me, but like, I just, I can't. I, these movies just drive me insane, and I like a lot of stuff in that sort of in that like sort of affectionate way but i just can't i i hadn't seen any of these movies i'd seen like i think zach and miri before we started the show a and it's just been like let down after let down for me 
Uh, I think the movies in general, like, none of them have really stolen my heart, like you say. But I have grown a fondness for, like, certain um, cast members. Like, uh, I like like, uh, Jason Mewes. Uh, I kind of like that guy who plays Dante in Clerks. And uh, I like Ben Affleck. Uh, Whenever Ben Affleck shows up, I'm, like, pumped to see him. He is. He's he's great in these movies. I, I think, like, the thing about Clerks that's really weird to me it's like when i watch it now i'm like how did anybody enjoy this ever but (laughs) i remember seeing it when it came out and just being like this is the most brilliant thing i've ever seen this is amazing this is everything that comedy could be you know (laughs) but now when i watch it i'm like this sucks like i would be embarrassed to put this out myself you know and then clerks too really stunk yeah. Oh my god. That's really probably my bad. least favorite so far. Really? Clerks 2? Well, Ugh. oh, never mind. I, guess I liked the new one, although the, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I didn't. Oh love. yeah, from last year? I didn't like love it, but I didn't like uh, Dogma or Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back back yeah. then. Mm, I just, bad. I thought really? like with Jay and Silent Bob, they should have just stayed like side characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that show up every once in a while because they were so much less charming when you had to see them more than yes. for just like three or oh, four yeah. minutes a movie yeah i think jay and silent bob strike back is probably that's the bottom for me like that's the one that i just came out of feeling like ill afterwards that was clerks too for me but uh, I would too. follow Jay and Silent Bob Strike back at, at a close second. Like, I, I think, like, Clerks, or not Clerks, Clerks 2 is really the worst of everything about yeah. Kevin Smith. Everything 100%, about it is bad. Yeah. You know? I've hated all of them. Just yeah. want to make that clear. <laughs> In the beginning of the show, there was a little more of a disagreement between Rose and Ted because they were a little more optimistic. But I all along was like, this is dog shit. I hate watching this. Why are we doing this? I have this weird thing where I have like a deep respect for, I guess you can call it like an auteur. Where, yeah. Like I have a respect mm. for somebody who builds a world and like uh continues to go back to it and expand Mm -hmm. on it and stuff that's why i like vince gilligan so much and uh that's that's why like i think that's what grabbed me about kevin smith's movies in in like at first was like well Mm -hmm. i mean they're not the same characters but they all take place in kind of the same universe and that's interesting to me so this is all very exciting but then it it kind of wears thin when you start realizing that like he's not he's going to do the same thing for the rest of his life like the (laughs) the jokes don't change you know not at all and i i think that's kind of something that i held on to with kevin smith for a while is that like I also like auteur filmmakers and I like even just like trashy B movie filmmakers. If it's an original film every time, like that's kind of exciting. Um, But with Kevin Smith, I think what's killed me over time is that he makes these like pretty low brow, like B movies or whatever, but he doesn't have any fun with them. Like these aren't fun movies to watch. They're like, they're pretty miserable. and he's not satisfied just doing genre stuff that's satisfying. He's got to put his own like little smarmy twist on it. And it just like sours it for me. Yeah, 
I mean, he really like with this movie, Cop Out. This oh my god, is this is one of the worst. My favorite kind of movie, right? Like it is a yeah. buddy cop. It's like a mm-hmm. Shane Black kind of thing. Which Shane Black yeah. is like my favorite writer in the whole world, and like um, I was like really excited to watch it again, just out of the out of the context of the time and stuff like that and i had kind of when when you asked me to watch it i kind of felt like well this is probably like a a a shane black this this will probably be like a fun like a shane black movie and it it tries to be but it's a kevin smith shane black movie which (laughs) ruins it you know it's so bad i so usually i'd want to like go through a short plot overview but i don't really know what the plot is <laughs> i couldn't like, i couldn't follow it at all I it was, was so totally confusing <laughs> so just what i remember um tracy morgan and bruce willis are two like buddy cops hmm. it's very similar <laughs> to the plot of the other guys which is a pretty good movie can i cut in as they seem like two guys that hate each other to me <laughs> like yes. there's zero chemistry yeah <laughs> oh yeah and, Neither of them even try to have any chemistry with the other. Like, <laughs> they don't know. Yeah. Which, for Bruce Willis, like, that's like most of the movies he's been in at this point, and he just like doesn't care. Bruce Willis <laughs> is it, really phoning it in here. Dude, he really does God. not give a oh shit God. about yeah, this Yeah, because I'm a, like a huge... I like Bruce Willis, and I don't care if he's phoning it in most of the time, but this one... It feels like he doesn't care. Like he, he yeah. just it feels like he just wants to get done and get out of there, you know? I think maybe the one thing that is memorable about this movie that almost makes it worth watching is I don't think I've ever seen a film where the cast is like this disconnected, where it's like this obvious that people are just doing it for the paycheck. Bruce Willis, like, isn't even trying to play a character, let alone have any chemistry. And Tracy Morgan's just, like, desperately trying to do improv to get himself through the film. Most of the jokes in the movies, in the movie, is Tracy Morgan, like, doing bits from other movies. (laughs) Not even in a funny way, just doing it. And at one point, he, of course, does Die Hard. Yeah, and they cut to Bruce Willis. And he's like, I don't, I haven't seen that one, and he oh, looks God. pissed off. Like oh, that like he looks genuinely pissed off for the first time in the entire and only time in the entire movie. He looks upset, and it's because he wasn't acting. He was just annoyed at this fucking movie. Yeah, that opening yeah. scene was like crushing to my spirit when oh, Tracy Morgan was just rattling off different movie lines, and then we cut to Bruce Willis, and he says the name of the movie. And then we cut back to Tracy Morgan. He does another line <laughs> from another. And it's just cutting back and forth. And Bruce Willis just set, tags each reference with the name of the movie it's a reference to. I'm like, this is fucking bleak. This is comedy at its absolute fucking lowest. Literally, the first oh line gosh. in the movie is it like seems like it was a missed cut. Like he just he says a sentence and then he says something else. And it's one shot, like, it doesn't change. There, There's no, I mean, there's no, like, visible ADR, but it just, he abruptly changes topic. He changes his entire voice, everything. And it's like, oh, I thought that was a cut, and I went back and watched it. No, it was just really shitty. Yeah. <laughs> like, there is so much of, like, uh, the opening scene where they're interrogating the guy, right? Like, and they're not in the same room. Because there's also a lot of that shit. 
And I, before I was an entertainer, I probably would have never noticed it. But there's so much stuff where they couldn't even get the two guys in the same room. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know, like, what parts were acted together. It does, through the whole movie feel like we're watching two people do two separate movies <laughs> yeah and it also you're totally right you're right that diehard reference is kevin smith like that is the mm -hmm. kevin smith that slipped into the movie that's where it can't fucking be as good as a shane black movie because it has mm -hmm. to reference pop culture all the time you know and the robocop reference where they have mm -hmm. tracy morgan do robocop Awful. All the lamest guy movies. To, not lame. They're all good movies. You know what I yeah. mean? But they, it's all the but like, like... the lamest movies to talk about. Yeah, you don't fucking do references like that in an, like an actual movie. You know what I mean? Like, in, in an actual movie, you don't have to do a Scarface reference and a fucking yeah. uh, RoboCop reference and Die Hard. Like, pick some fucking movies... Pick an original movie and don't just do the most popular line. Like, if all you have from Scarface, he said one of the lines that is very yeah. quotable all the time. You're just like, don't, you don't even have to bother doing that because you know what? People will fucking do that in the theater, in their brain. <laughs> they will fucking know what you're getting at, you know? The most, like, grating thing for me, there was maybe one good performance in this movie which, in my opinion, was Sean William Scott. Thank you. And even then, he doesn't <laughs> yeah. have a lot he's, to he's work good. with. Yeah. But he's good, and he's good. And he was, wasn't he in a, a previous one where he was like one of the only good parts of it? Or am I? He was in Jane uh, Silent Bob's Drake Back. Yeah. yeah. That's right. With the risk of getting canceled, I think Sean William Scott was great. Now, I'm going to Google he's him funny. and find out if he's been Me Too'd or something. <laughs> I but I, I am a huge so. fan. He's yeah. really good. He's great in Goon. Oh, yeah, oh my God. He's good. amazing. He just, he's great in almost everything he does. And it's sort of disappointing that they don't use him that much. <laughs> I was kind of thinking watching this movie, seeing, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Jason Lee in this. And I uh, just think of like, damn, it sucks how many great people Kevin has sucked into his orbit that could be off doing way better projects. Oh, no. Well, the funny <laughs> thing about that is, is that like, at what point does like Ben Affleck say like, you know, I'm going to like sit this one out, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, I have to say, in defense of Tracy Morgan, I feel like he really gave it his all. Like... Uh, yeah, he, he yeah. really committed to this terrible movie, and frankly, oh he God. gave it so God much more him. than it deserved. If anything, <laughs> Bruce Willis's performance was like the appropriate amount of commitment for how much <laughs> this movie sucks. Tracy You're Morgan, right. I think, went above and beyond the Call of Duty. Well, I yeah. I want to say that like I do kind of think like like uh, the Tracy Morgan he, I think he let Tracy Tracy Morgan go a little too much. You know, like there was there was times in yeah. the movie where it's like maybe you should like rein him in. Ju I mean, even <laughs> just the tiniest amount, you know. But the thing is, is that at the end of the day, Tracy Morgan is funnier than Kevin Smith. Yeah. True. True. So, so he just lets him go off, and then like he he doesn't cut any of it because it's funnier than anything that he's yeah. written into the script. That's that's another thing with Kevin. Is he 
any joke that's funny, he pushes it at like twice as long oh, as it should. Oh, that's true be. too. Yeah. Also, <laughs> if it's not funny, he does that. Also, that's true. <laughs> I hate the winking. I mean, the first note yeah. I have right is you just say things on TV. You just say things you saw on TV and use them for yourself. That's not acting. That's fake. And he's like, it's called homage. Oh. And it's like this motherfucker is just. You know, he's heading off the criticism that he knows he's going to get before he gets it. And it's so annoying and so yeah. frustrating to, to hear, you know? Like, that's what I was saying earlier is that that's how the fun gets just sucked out of this film. Because I've seen, like, shitty buddy cop movies before. But even a really shitty buddy cop movie can be really fun if it's just, like, a sincere like a sincere buddy film or whatever but this one has such a snarky wink at every turn of it it doesn't do like anything sincere and it just feels like everyone is miserable it does it that's a good point it's like it is it seems like everybody's miserable but it's it, it's like from the musical choices to how cheap it, it looks so cheap i i don't know mm -hmm. the budget of this Ugh. movie but holy shit it looks like the cheapest movie ever made and like uh you can't you can't buy into it as being an homage to these other like really great movies like like a lethal weapon which yeah. that's what it wants to be right it wants to be oh, like definitely. lethal weapon or something mm -hmm. like that but oh, with Kevin Smith's sense of humor and just his filmmaking style it's impossible he can't make lethal weapon he right. motherfucker can't even make 22 jump street you know <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, there's a little bit of behind the scenes uh, gossip about this movie that yes. has to be mentioned. Uh, Kevin Smith was really excited to direct Bruce Willis. He even took a pay cut to do this movie because he was so excited to work with him. Uh, but oh they did not get along on the set. Kevin described <laughs> right? the experience. No he described the experience as soul crushing. <laughs> and he said Willis wouldn't even sit for a fucking poster shoot and that were it not for Tracy, <laughs> I might have killed either myself or someone else in the making of fucking cop out. And apparently <laughs> on Willis's on Bruce Willis's side, he complained that Kevin Smith was smoking too much pot while making the movie. Was, he smokes way too much pot. He sat behind his <laughs> monitor. He didn't interact with the actors. The actors felt like they were on his own. And um, uh, Smith defended his use of marijuana while working, saying, oh, I dealt no. with every actor who wanted to be dealt with on that set. Uh, and he's, he said in an interview that, Heavy marijuana smoking had become an integral part of his work ethic after claiming that he watched Seth Rogen on the set of Zack and Miri <laughs> use marijuana as a tool to become more creative and now, productive worker. Lord. Saying, oh. the, the moment I start smoking, I start working. That way, no one could ever take it away from you. No, nice. no. He he believes the weed. He didn't have... Hopefully, he's figured it out by now. But... Like I really hope that he he didn't he he bought into the weed guy thing right like well yeah, yeah. I'll just smoke yep. a little bit of fucking weed and I'll be extra creative today <laughs> and and like Bruce Willis has a right to be like I, I mean I do drugs on my show and around my show and while we're working Brett's doing dabs and stuff <laughs> like that and there's drugs all the time right but. If we were like 
when, when we do the TV show, when we start filming for TV, neither one of us are going to be high. You know what right. I mean? We're going <laughs> to, like, once you're there, you can't convince, you can convince, I think it's fair to convince yourself that you do better writing when you're stoned, which is fine, as long as you're willing to kind of go over it when you're yeah. sober to see if it's really good. And, um, but I think, I think doing it at work, I mean, cause that's what it is. It's, it's at work. It's like doing it at work is like a bad idea all around. Like you just don't want the people that are there working with you or for you to, to not trust you and shit like that. Like, especially when your job is interacting with people and giving them direction. Like you don't want to be yeah, stoned like for on, on a movie set where you're in charge and like you're supposed to be managing everybody to just be hanging out in like the video village getting high is <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy. And right, and it's nobody's here saying like you can't get hot, you can't be high and direct. But I think that the way to do that is to maybe eat a fucking edible <laughs> in the car when you get there and then do it don't sit right. around and fucking blow joints while everybody's trying to wait to set up a scene you know what I mean? yeah good luck. and he should have known bruce willis is like an old school guy i yeah. wouldn't think that bruce willis would want the director on a movie he's acting in smoking weed yeah you know? it's really disrespectful <laughs> i think oh. so too the funny thing about Kevin is I don't think he was really a stoner when he was like a young guy. I think literally no, like no. he met Seth Rogen and thought Seth Rogen was so cool and wanted to be like him. So he like became oh. a middle-aged pothead, like tr tr trying to emulate what he thought was cool, which is just Terrifying. sad. Like I'm sad <laughs> about this because like, <laughs> here's the thing. I'll say this about what I was into with this guy is like, I liked all of his early stuff and I followed him and and I read uh I read viewaskew.com a lot when I was working at the call center. You know, you would run through like a roster of websites and uh once you've gotten all the way through seanbaby.com or uh, or something like that you go over to viewaskew.com and i would read about it and i do remember reading about the run-up to cop out and seeing how excited he was oh i'm gonna direct kevin uh bruce willis this is gonna be the greatest this is gonna be so good and like uh reading about it afterwards it did sound like hell and i think at the time i felt bad for kevin smith because he was the guy that like relentlessly documents stuff like i've watched those evening with kevin smith dvds probably a Ugh. thousand times wow. no way I, me and my wife would rent it from blockbuster like every month or two and just watch no it. fucking way dude yeah <laughs> we fucking thought they were the funniest things in the world we loved them wow. and it was like pre-binge watching and it was like a four hour thing so you were able to just sit and leave it on and talk to each other and you get to hear these really cool interesting stories about how bad movies are made <laughs> but he talked about bruce willis i think if I'm not mistaken, he talked about him in, in one of these docs. I, I guess I probably wouldn't have seen that. I can't believe this came out in 2010, so I guess he hasn't talked about it. But I do remember hearing him talk about it somewhere, whether it was I heard it on his podcast, because that's also a possibility. I did listen to the podcast for a while. 
<laughs> and uh, it, it, I mean, I felt bad for Kevin Smith because I only heard his side. But now when I look, now when I hear Bruce's side from from you guys, this seems like this is it seems like Bruce Willis was right you know and, <laughs> absolutely yeah and you know you can say this is something i'm coming to late in life at the same thing happened with metallica my partner got really into metallica i was like fuck metallica i hate metallica and then he started to like really respond to metallica and then i was like you know what metallica was right with the napster <laughs> thing i hate to admit it <laughs> But they were actually oh, yeah. in the end right. So now I'm doing the same thing with Bruce Willis and saying he was right. If I pulled up to one of the random things we do, like when we're in L.A., people always want us to film like TV shows that I don't think ever go on TV or anywhere. <laughs> and um, <laughs> if I showed up and they were all just getting high, I'd be like, fuck this. And like want to turn around and leave, you know, and <laughs> Bruce Willis signed a damn contract. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. I, I did similar things. I used to listen to, um, was it Smogcast, Kevin Smith's podcast? I think around the time when Clerks was being made. So I remember him telling the stories of Bruce Willis and like how it broke his heart working with like this child of, childhood hero of his and him being a jerk and all that. And I sympathized so much with him. And now after watching Cop Out, I'm like, you know, Bruce was Bruce was definitely right for one thing, but also yes. maybe it's just a lazy piece of shit. And I mean, but I'm like, I kind of respect um, how little Bruce Willis cared about this film, <laughs> how, how yeah. it radiates of on every single frame that he's in, how few shits he gives. It also feels like like Kevin Smith in the middle of this stopped caring about it too. <laughs> If that yeah, makes sense, yeah. like mm -hmm. it, 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 it almost feels like like Kevin Smith was like Bruce Willis is a dick, and I'm just gonna <laughs> like let it go. Because is Kevin? Can I ask your opinions? Is Kevin Smith like a good writer? Like, no. Um, Do you think he can write a narrative? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, See, I no. always thought he was a. <laughs> I always thought the guy could write a narrative at least. Well. This was my faith in Hollywood, too, by the way. So that's just one thing. Nobody would give him all these movies if he couldn't write a narrative because <laughs> this movie is incomprehensible to me. Yeah, I couldn't follow it. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's worth pointing out, uh, since we're talking about the writing so much, this is the only movie Kevin Smith ever made that he didn't write. It was actually written by someone else, and he just directed oh, it. Oh, really? It's an assignment. Yeah. And uh, no I think way. that's part of what makes it so, like, this is probably the most forgettable movie I've ever seen. I watched it today, yeah. and it already feels mm -hmm. like a distant memory, like it was a dream <laughs> or something. You want to hear something weird, is I watched this on Benzo's last night, and I remember every minute of it, because <laughs> oh, of, I weird. was just so confused by the whole thing. I was laying in my bed on Benzo's, on weed, on Trazodone. Uh, uh, and I just was like cranking on this vape pen and I was watching it and I'm like, I could have made this is all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that in <laughs> Kevin Smith's movies that he writes, they're always like a bunch of moments that are so fucking cringe worthy and like painful that they stick with me because they're so bad. 
uh this movie has very little of that it's all just all the jokes are just kind of like in one ear and out the other like it wasn't it wasn't funny but i didn't like i just did the only thing that really like stuck with me was the thing we the opening scene with all the movie quotes because that was just deeply upsetting but everything else like i can barely remember any of the jokes from the movie i just like I could feel myself forgetting it as I was watching it. Like, it was just... I don't remember any character's name. No. <laughs> I, I genuinely... I was trying to think of a single character. I, I watched and this. Jimmy, right? Those are the two guys. Jimmy doesn't ring a bell, but also I, I'm sure you're right. You know, it's weird. They're cops, but they never call them, like, officer this or that. They always call them by yeah. their first name. They might as well not be cops. Like, there's no reason for them to be cops. They're suspended the first minute of the movie, and you're right. Like, one of my favorite movies of, like, the past ten years is The Nice Guys. Mm. Great movie. Those guys are buddies, and they don't have to be cops, and they're still the good guys, and they go around. But he he wanted a scene where the black captain yells at them. Like that was yeah. that I guarantee yeah. that like it feels like this movie was reverse engineered out of like Kevin Smith watching Lethal Weapon one night. You know? <laughs> like he said, I want to do my Lethal Weapon. And then he was like, wouldn't it be great if I got Bruce Willis and uh, Tracy Morgan? I want to see who the first choices were, though. I know Bruce Willis was the first choice, and I wonder if Tracy Morgan was the first choice. It seems like he reverse engineered it into that, like where he wanted the certain scenes that are in these movies and that he felt like he was making a true like homage to to these movies. But like I don't think he has the ability to do that. Like I don't think that Kevin Smith I don't think Kevin Smith can make anything but Kevin Smith movies. I guess is, <laughs> no. is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Throughout the like later part of his career, he's repeatedly trying to do something new, like oh I'm going to make this kind of movie now or do this kind of style and he absolutely fucks it up every time so when i was in school uh i did a lot of post sound for student films which are really bad generally i did one that was good but generally they're really bad movies and they don't make sense they have like a couple months to make them i could follow every single one of those more than this over the weekend i watched um both matrix sequels and i understood those just fine (laughs) but cop out like mesmerized me it was like lynchian how confusing the plot was yeah i mean i i I, like here's what i know of this movie bruce willis has to pay for a wedding a $48,000 wedding. (laughs) Yeah. The kid's stepfather says, I'll just pay for it, whatever. But Bruce being such an asshole, which by the way, this was one of those scenes. There were a few scenes in this movie that made me deeply unlike both Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan. The nanny cam made me dis like, I don't know what that character trait was supposed to be other than make me dislike him but then the scene where jason lee basically owns bruce willis because he can't pay for his daughter's wedding is is like that's another one of those scenes where i was like damn bruce willis he's got a lot of good points there and then um (laughs) 
Bruce Willis goes home to get an old baseball card that is supposedly worth $80,000. And uh, he goes to trade it at a card shop, which would never have $80,000 on hand. <laughs> and Sean William Scott <laughs> robs it, takes the, uh, takes the card and his gun, sells it to a drug dealer for drugs, and then Bruce Willis is trying to get the card back from the drug dealer, but also he's trying to take down the drug kingpin, like incidentally on the side of the card. That yeah. is what I understand this move. That is the plot of this movie from what I understand. Yeah, like That's the main okay. the main thing is their quest <laughs> to get the baseball card. But then from that point, the way one scene links to the next is like totally <laughs> mystifying to me. Like I don't understand the steps of the process at all. <laughs> There's like a girl that appears that only speaks Spanish. No yeah. idea what um, that was. I could not figure out her part in the whole thing. Like I I did not know what that part was. Her she was there just so they could have Tracy Morgan do that awful unfunny thing where he like tries to speak Spanish by just putting o uh, at yeah. the end of English words. Very Kevin Smith. <laughs> I I do like this. Uh Warner Brothers picked up the project and turnaround in 2008 from Gold Circle Films, where it had been in development with Robin Williams and James Gandolfini in the lead. Wow. <laughs> what? Holy shit. Now that, now that's that a movie. I, would watch yeah, I know. That, that would have been good. That's a friggin' movie. Yes. I would totally go see that. Ben Affleck what? and Jason Mewes were offered the roles, but Ugh. were free. So that Jason Mewes. Jason Mewes What was he doing? (laughs) That's fucking hilarious. I think this was the first movie Kevin Smith did where it was like he was hired on to an existing project. Like it wasn't Mm. an idea that originated with him. And the reason I think he had to do that is we talked about in our last episode how uh, up at his relationship with Harvey Weinstein had been destroyed by the failure of Zack and Miri make a porno. And up until then, Harvey had just been bankrolling all of his shitty ideas, like whatever bullshit he wanted to make. But having lost his like super producer friend, uh, he basically had to take a director for hire uh, gig. So that, that's how he ended up with Cop Out, which just feels like a weird anomaly in the Kevin Smith mm-hmm. canon. Who would make that decision? Who would be like, all right, so this guy doesn't have his pay pig anymore. Let's get him to make Cop Out. Let's put him on this movie. That'll be fine, right? It, it seemed like a surefire thing. It did. I mean, I can say at the time that, like, it. I was really interested in it, you know? And, and I think that, like, they're really underselling how much he wanted to get out of the... Uh, the the view universe at the like Ugh. he wanted uh. Zach and Miri was the first movie out of that I think yeah and Jersey or maybe Jersey Basically. Girl came before it but like Jersey Girl was, was but then he went gosh. back and did Clerks too because no one liked yeah. Jersey Girl yeah so he's trying to get out of that world and this movie was like the thing that uh that was was an interesting idea. It was like this is going to be different from everything he's done. Uh I think it can be really good, but then also again, I think people like me were projecting good cop 
buddy movies yeah onto what this could have been it's like this one's gonna be a good one but instead they're gonna call people like douche plungers and stuff <laughs> in it. you know what i mean yeah oh. and if you just like if you just hired any kind of uh b movie director for this they would have done a way better job than kevin smith who i assume cost them like a shitload of money like this type of film even with the current cast like bruce willis and tracy morgan there is a way to make a fun version of this film uh with these two instead what we get is uh Bruce Willis, just a fucking empty void, completely checked out and an asshole. And then we get Tracy Morgan, who is just like insane. <laughs> He's like manic the entire time. He Tracy Morgan so badly wants this movie to work. And Bruce oh, Willis yeah. so badly doesn't give a yeah, shit if yeah. this movie works at all. <laughs> They're like in That's two completely dynamic. different movies. They're like characters <laughs> that shouldn't even know each other. It, it makes no sense. That's the other thing. It takes a good long time in the movie before you to for you to even kind of realize that they have a relationship with each other. Like it feels like they don't <laughs> like each other. In the first well, few scenes? But Tracy Morgan says in the very beginning, he's like, we've known each other for nine years. We're best friends. Are you guys listening? <laughs> and they do the beautiful introduction with uh, the interrogation where, uh, oh God, they call themselves White Lightning and Black Thunder. Yeah. Oh. Why would Bruce Willis, the cop, call oh. himself White Lightning? That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's the thing is that, like, I don't even know what Bruce's character was supposed to be because he was played as such an, an emotionless, stoic, horrible human being. <laughs> but then little moments like that, I'm like, is this guy supposed to be, like, goofy and charming? Am I supposed to like him? <laughs> Bruce Willis is like an NPC from like Grand Theft Auto 3. Oh my God, that is the perfect fucking description <laughs> like, of yes. him in this movie. Yeah. Oh like, my that's God. The, that's how unfocused and just nothing he is. Would love to get a glimpse into his emotions or his friendship with oh, his yeah. partner or really anything in this movie. Because <laughs> I didn't, I thought they didn't like each other. Like I, mean, that's I, I thought, how it looks. the whole first part of the movie was like, oh dang it, you know Bruce Willis got put with this guy that's crazy and he doesn't like him. But then by about the middle point of the movie, I realized these guys are supposed to be best friends. These guys yeah. are supposed to like deeply care about each other and and each other's families and stuff. Right. For some wild reason, they didn't do the usual buddy movie thing of having them not like each other at first and be like an unlikely yeah. pair that got put together. We're supposed to believe that like Tracy Morgan and Bruce Willis were already best friends <laughs> <laughs> rather than doing the usual formula of having them meet and clash and not get along, but slowly grow to like respect each other. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, I think it would be fine if we if we started out where they were best buddies. It would just like bad boys, right? Like they were friends when yeah. the move they'd been partners <laughs> forever when the movie started and they were friends. And it's like it's kind of incredible to think about how like Michael Bay made a better buddy cop movie oh, yeah. than Kevin Smith. Of course, of course he did. <laughs> That's true. Michael Bay is a hundred times the filmmaker that Kevin Smith Yeah, is. I'm like pro Michael Bay. It's not even close. <laughs> 
I would love to watch every Michael Bay movie. Oh God, I would join that podcast. It'd be so so much more fun than this bullshit. (laughs) I would join the Michael Bay cast anytime you wanted me. I would do a podcast where we watch Armageddon every week. (laughs) I just watched his new one, Underground Six or whatever. Oh yeah, have you seen that that one yet? Good. Oh. It's perfect Netflix movie. It's very fun, and uh, a lot of people get killed in it very violently. <laughs> nice. Trev, you were saying earlier that like the moments that usually stick with you in a Kevin Smith movie are the real cringe-inducing ones. Papa didn't have a lot of those, but what it did have, and what will stick in my mind, are moments where I could like perfectly read bruce willis's emotions going through a scene and the best one for me by far was when tracy morgan asks bruce willis for something and then he says no and then tracy morgan starts doing like puppy eyes and then sticks like (laughs) a stuffed teddy bear in his face and you can just see bruce willis like fuming doing this scene it's supposed to be played like he's like becoming affectionate for the teddy bear but he is just filled with like malice and rage <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna go out on a limb and say bruce willis probably didn't love working with tracy morgan uh, i mean i don't think <laughs> how could get together like in, yeah. in that in that time in that movie where kevin smith did not i don't think kevin smith wrote lines for tracy morgan it didn't feel like he did it didn't feel like it no yeah i would have hated it I would have fucking driven me nuts. I remember seeing a video on YouTube that's just like Tracy Morgan improvising on the set of one of his movies. And it was really entertaining. But like, it's like, a, it's a bit that he does. It's like a, a certain thing that he does. And watching this movie, every single time he spoke, it felt like him doing that bit. Like, it never felt like a character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, got it. I can give you two moments in the movie that stuck with me. Uh, one... For my uh, shock jock, I have to bring it up, of course. Oh, I I, I was wondering if you're going to mention this. <laughs> Jim Norton yeah, is the guy yeah. that's getting his <laughs> eye tattooed, so I had to <laughs> I had Norton. to mention that. <laughs> so I'll say this: I do also remember listening to Opie and Anthony when Jim Norton was <laughs> acting in Cop Out, and Kevin Smith was like a regular guest on there. Oh, really? If really? you need any oh Opie and God. Anthony Kevin Smith oh uh, appearances, gosh. you let me know. I got you covered. <laughs> oh, okay? for sure. We're probably yeah. going to have to do that. Yeah. Oh, God. But one of the funny, there is one funny part of this movie, and it's a funny part that is probably going to stick with me forever, and it is an actual funny joke. I don't know how they got in the situation with the little kid. He's like a, a little nine-year-old kid that like cusses and steals cars and stuff. But he kicks Tracy Morgan in the nuts and then Tracy Morgan punches him in the nuts. And that is <laughs> I very that. funny. <laughs> that was very funny. I forgot about that. Like I think because it was funny and I was like, oh, it shocked me, and then I just left my brain that was very funny (laughs) i mean but that is and uh, and i'm not exaggerating that's the only funny part in the whole movie and it it is like there's nothing that even comes close to it in our uh episode for jay and silent bob strike back i think one of the few things that we found funny was at the end jay and silent bob go on a spree of like beating up children yeah and that was one of the only things we found funny about that movie so maybe there's like kevin 
has found a secret. Maybe his movie in like 2022 is going to be just like grown men fighting children. It's going to be the slap, but comedic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and maybe it'll be good. Maybe he can, he can Grown man fights children is kind of the story of Kevin's life, I think. Except <laughs> it happens, except it happens like on the internet like complaining about kids online it's his internal struggle yeah exactly (laughs) yeah i do wonder how he feels about his fans at this point like that's something that 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 kind of thing always fascinates me i mean he's got to be pretty happy that enough of them stuck around that he can make really good money as a podcaster but in my experience these people that have been doing it for like 30 years have a healthy amount of contempt for the fans of their stuff. And and I read a lot of that in the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. There was a lot of stuff in there where it just kind of felt like, oh, Jesus Christ. Or like God. he's mad. I, you know, he's not, doesn't seem mad about cancel culture to me very much, which is a big turnoff usually. Uh, he did hang out with Opie and Anthony a lot, and he probably still goes on Anthony Cumia's show. <laughs> but uh, wow, really? I don't know. I'll have to look up Christ. Kevin Smith, Anthony Cumia, because he was very into that show. He was there a lot. He would sit in for wow. whole episodes if Jim Norton couldn't come in. He was like a guest host. That would be really funny if he still goes on Anthony Cumia. I'd love to hear <laughs> that. Actually, that'd be sad. Oh man, if he if he's on live from the compound. Uh, see, a lot of people have decided not to do Anthony's stuff, uh, but uh, some surprising people have. Here we go. Uh, 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 yep, Kevin Smith has wow. been oh on Live from the Compound August 22nd, 2019. Wow. Wow, that's recent. That's <laughs> crazy. Oh, no. It's on a different show, though. It looks like it's not on Anthony's show. He was on a show, another show on the compound called Would You Kindly. Oh, okay. But uh, I'll, I'll have to find it. Um, but, yeah, he's been on there. That's nice. <laughs> that's great. Great. <laughs> I think this film marks another stage in the evolution of like Kevin Smith just becoming a total like conservative square because as we saw in like uh, Clerks 2, he moved up to being like bosses are actually kind of cool. <laughs> and then when Zach and Miri make a porno, he was like, Hey, poor people, stop buying dildos and start a small business. <laughs> and now <laughs> and now with Cop Out, we, we finally have like his awesome Cops Are Great movie where part of the main conflict is like a dad having a weird territorial relationship with his daughter. Like this weird possessiveness. The daughter stuff could have been much worse. I will say that. Oh yeah, <laughs> like I was expecting movie, yeah. worse. Honestly, that's one of the virtues. I think if Kevin Smith had written the script himself, we would have se- the daughter stuff would have been weird. <laughs> so I'm glad that he didn't. He seems cool with his daughter though. Like she was in the new movie too. She's right. like a major role in the new movie. <laughs> so uh, he seems to have like a healthy relationship with um harley his daughter yeah i yeah it get i get slightly weird vibes about it sometimes like especially the way he uses her in some of his movies but i'm not gonna get into it on this one 
<laughs> hey, you know, I love to, uh, I, I, I am, uh, I love this. I love talking. I, I love talking about this guy. He's a very weird dude. Uh, if you mm-hmm. guys weren't doing this show, there would have been a Kevin Smith deep dive at some point in the future. But now I'm just going to listen to all of your shows and learn oh, who Kevin you. Smith is as a person. I think when we get to yoga hosers, we might need to really zoom in on what oh, the relationship gosh, with yeah. Harley Quinn is like. I'm nervous. It really upsets me that that's her name. Yeah, Harley it's Quinn? really weird to name your child after the s- sexy Batman character. Because, like, with uh, Nicolas Cage and his kid Kal-El, like, you could just call <laughs> him Cal. And also, like, Nicolas Cage uh. has this mystique of being, like, a weird, wacky guy. Well, also, Kal-El isn't, like, a character that Nick Cage probably wanted to bone, so <laughs> it doesn't have quite the same vibe. Yeah, the the Superman thing is a great tragedy. I think the Kevin Smith Superman movie would have been fucking great. Oh, dude, I've been learning about that recently. I watched like a big video about the canceled Kevin Smith Superman movie. And uh, yeah, I think it looks awesome. I would actually, I would have loved to have seen it. Yeah, the Tim Burton was... one with Nick Cage. Right, yeah. yeah. Nick Cage as Superman is hilarious. Uh, I would I definitely I love to it. see that. When you guys asked me to do this, I was actually talking to my wife about it because we were big Kevin Smith fans for a very long time. And I was like, it's, you know, it seems kind of weird to me that nobody's ever asked him to do one of these comic book movies. But then I watched Cop Out and I was like, yeah, they ain't going to take that kind of a risk on him. Yeah. Yeah. It's too much of a financial risk. Like, I don't think a Kevin Smith movie has ever cost more than like $40 million or something. I mean, it feels like he could have done something like uh, uh, Thor Ragnarok, but uh, like a lot less clever. You know what I mean? It would have been so bad. (laughs) And he, I agree. He clearly also does not have like the technical chops. Uh, to do like a big action uh, uh, tentpole kind of movie. And also, he sucks at like writing jokes and shit. So what exactly <laughs> does he bring to the table for one of those Marvel movies? That's true. The The action in this movie looks really bad. Oh, like it, it's some of the worst I've ever seen. Brian, uh, this is part of the, like the developing lore that we've come to understand with Kevin is his weird relationship with Disney. Because obviously, like Miramax gave him his start, so he's technically kind of part of uh, of the Disney family or whatever. And now, as uh, this like I don't know how old he is, like fifty year old stoner dude, he loves the Marvel movies and he posts constantly about them. Uh, he posted a photo of himself like weeping after seeing Captain Marvel because they referenced Mallrats. And 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 over time, it's taken this weird tone because it's not just like a regular weird adult MCU fanboy. It's someone who also used to work with Disney. So part of me does wonder if Kevin is like trying to fanboy his way into getting like the next Captain America or uh, the next Spider-Man or something. You know what? I I can agree. I think that's what it looks like. I am seeing the tweet you're talking about Mm. where uh, he talks about where he talks about the mall rats being in there. Oh my God. But JJ Abrams somehow pulled that off. So who knows? Yeah. You know, 
It feels like DC would be more willing to take on the risk because the Marvel movies all feel the same. That's true. Yeah. God, I hope they don't do it. Please, DC, don't <laughs> let them do it. <laughs> I know DC's on a fucking roll right now. I've like I I didn't hate the Joker and I enjoyed Birds of Prey. But I can see DC giving him like you know he's such a dork he'll be like yeah. uh, some 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 fucking superhero you've never heard of he's like I'm directing that movie oh just They're gonna give, give him to. Shazam too if he catches the right coked out WB exec <laughs> on the right like lunch meeting and says like hey I can do a fucking Blue Beetle movie for $20 million. They might just yes. pull the trigger on <laughs> yeah. it. And you can see there is something where in Hollywood, I don't know, I think they look at him as very much a bank, like he can make money. And I think he does end up making money. I think Jay and Silent Bob reboot was successful. And it's like, uh, it is very weird to me that they've never given him something like on a huge scale and cop out might be the reason. Yeah. Actually cop out. Funny that you mentioned that was his most yeah. financially successful movie of all time, which is nuts. It's nuts. <laughs> the reviews were maybe <laughs> oh the worst God. he's gotten in his whole career, but it made more at the box office than any other movie that he ever made. Jesus. And he says he looks at that as a failure. I was just looking at like kind of a trivia page about it. He says cop outs like his biggest failure. Oh my God. Really? Yeah. Cause it got really, really bad reviews. And uh, we're going to talk more about that in the upcoming uh, segment. Yeah. It's a bad fucking movie. That's a good uh, segue. Brian, a segment that we do on each of these is called Kevin's receipts, um, which is where we go through some of Kevin's posts. Sometimes it's posts about Kevin, but it's usually like, one of his tweets or something and uh this week i believe we have compiled a medium-sized twitter meltdown from oh, it's, it's a long one. first release I, I only showed you guys it's a long one yeah. i only showed you guys like a little piece of it he was there's this, more oh what? yeah wait you're kidding this Holy dude shit. okay never mind this dude was melting down on twitter for like a whole day this was back in 2010 christ as the reviews were coming in for cop out and this is just a mess <laughs> like the movie itself it's also really hard to follow the logic of his rant because <laughs> he goes off on weird tangents so it's march 24th 2010 um uh, and at the time, you know, the tweets were 140 characters or whatever. So it's all like broken up and people didn't like thread tweets back then. So it's oh, just yeah. Like, it, nice. <clears throat> Seriously, so many critics lined up to pull a sad and embarrassing train on hashtag cop out like it was Jennifer <laughs> Jason Lee in Last Exit to Brooklyn. Okay, so I th I assume that's a movie where Jennifer Jason Lee had sex with a lot of guys, right? That's the reference <laughs> he's doing there. And he has to tie back to that. Well, everything well, has to be tied back to fucking, which is so weird oh, yeah. from a fat guy like that. Like, I'm not that guy. <laughs> yeah. He never stops talking about fucking. It's just so weird. He's such a fucking. I, I think it's because he was such a fucking nerd in, in yes. like high school uh, or yes. whatever that he just never 
talks about anything else. It's so gross. He's such a gross sex nerd. <laughs> it's yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. Like imagine being a guy who has fans that like tweet at you like about how hot your wife is or like are you like about <sighs> fucking your wife and like responding to them and like being cool about it and being like, "Oh yeah, I totally I just fucked my wife yesterday, dude. It was awesome." <laughs> <laughs> so Congrats. so fucking weird. <laughs> Way to go, man. Anyway, Watching them beat the shit out of it was sad. Like, it's called Cop Out. That sound like a very ambitious title to you? You really want to shit in the mouth of a flick that so obviously strived for nothing more than laughs? Was it called Schindler's <laughs> Cop Out? Uh, oh okay, this part gets bad. It's his words, not mine. I'm just quoting here. Writing oh, no. a nasty review for Cop Out is akin to bullying a retarded kid who was getting oh, a couple geez. chuckles from the normies by singing Afternoon Delight. He, oh, my God. <laughs> suddenly, bully dudes are doing the bad impression of him using the retard voice. The crowd shifts <laughs> uncomfortably. Okay, I really don't know what he's talking about here. Like, I, he goes on about this uh, mentally challenged kid singing. It, I don't know if this is a real event he's referring to or if he's just having a little, like, flight of fancy here. I feel like he's trying to imply that, like, you shouldn't make fun of his movie because it's bad. Yeah. That's what he's saying. I, it's, I'm, yeah. I'm That's so what your job is. I'm so stupid and can't do anything, so please don't be mean to me. <laughs> and you may... Yeah. That's, yeah. I love that he says, that, like, he basically admits that he, he shot for nothing. He shot for bare minimum and he still failed. And people should not make fun of him for he it. He has this weird idea that like the fact that they're criticizing it means they expect it to be like fucking Ingmar Bergman yeah. or something. Like he yeah. can't he can't comprehend the fact that like it actually isn't funny. Like the jokes don't land. It's not. It's, uh, and he's like, "Look, this isn't that serious. We're not doing fucking uh, Stanley Kubrick. This is just we're just making jokes. We're just trying to make people laugh. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the better version of this movie, the better Lethal Weapon knockoff, is the parody that they do in Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where oh, Max yeah. is in blackface. That is a far better film than Cop Out. Well, anyway, he, he goes on about this weird analogy of people making fun of a mentally challenged kid singing. Uh, and then he gets into this whole thing talking about how he doesn't think that critics should get to watch his movies for free anymore. Oh. It was just ridiculous to watch. That was it for me. Realized whole system's upside down. So he let a bunch of people see it for free and they shit all over it. Meanwhile, people who'd really like to see the flick for free are made to pay. Bullshit. From now on, any flick I'm ever involved with, I conduct critic screenings thusly. You want to see it early to review it? Fine. Pay like you would if you saw it next week. Oh, no. I well, love can I this. say. I love it. I hate how he uses the word flick all yeah. the time. What flick. a dumb fucking word. I hate it. Flick and cats. He's always calling people cats and oh movies God. flicks. It's, that gets under my so skin. It's so fucking irritating. In a critic screening, I would say 90% of the people there are not critics. They're fans. Like, I used to go to a lot oh, yeah. of those. I used to, and, too. Like, like three critics, like maybe. I mean, I live in like St. Louis, so it's not like there's a lot of critics there. But I imagine even in LA or wherever, like 
it's still just like a lot of people going to a free movie <laughs> and i just like i love that kevin smith has now discovered uh like his class consciousness like now is, <laughs> is time for, he's gone full oh, joker oh i'm now. i'm glad you um, mentioned class consciousness like, you guys will love this because, part wait, because uh, um I, I love the idea of him like screaming from uh, from his mountaintop or whatever, saying, "You know, you critics have have eaten from my hand for too long. <laughs> from now on, you too will have to pay uh, eleven fifty to come see Clerks 2. Yeah, Kevin oh. Kevin gets political in this next part. He goes, "It's a backward <laughs> oh, system. Yes. People are free to talk shit about any of my flicks so long as they pay to see it. <laughs> Fuck this animal farm bullshit." It. And then he's responsible. <laughs> what? Then he was resp- what is animal farm? <laughs> I don't. Oh, I think the reason. I think there's. He referenced <laughs> it maybe in a previous tweet or something. He. It's the thing um, about some animals are more equal than others. He's yeah. saying that yeah. the the critic the critics are like the pigs in Animal Farm because oh they God. don't they have don't because other people don't have the same rights as them or whatever. Uh, he responds to school, responds to a guy who said, "Dude, I, I liked it." And he says, "Dude, that's not the point. Like it or not, you probably paid to see it." Hashtag fuck these bourgeois free movie pigs. Thank you, yes. thank you, class. Con- yes, this is what it. I've been trying to do in my eleven years of podcasting. Thank you, comrade it's, Kevin. It's so funny. Kevin yeah. has suddenly become the fucking proletariat. <laughs> Because, because people shit on his movie. They're the pigs from Animal Farm, and he's the poor, uh, I don't know, horse or whatever that doesn't get the same pig rights. These fucking people, they come to see the movie and write an article about it, and then they have the nerve to say it's bad? It's like, what do you think? Like, does he? It's their job. Does he understand that like press is necessary? I I guess he's just like, well, the movie company bought commercials, so <laughs> like that's how people should find out about it. He thinks that the film critics should be like, look, you know, uh, th- th- this isn't Citizen Kane, but it's got some great laughs. You know, it's a fun little movie with lots of laughs and d- dumb pigs that love Kevin Smith's movies will eat it up, but. You know, not yeah. not like that. He just, it's a fun flick. He does. He just doesn't. Laughs. Yeah. <laughs> Cats of all ages can enjoy this flick. <laughs> oh, don't say that. Um, so, God, this <laughs> dude. Feel so gross. This dude used to post so much. He would do like a reply to like every single person who added him on Twitter. It's crazy. But then later, oh he God. gets sucked back into it. Later the same day. Uh, somebody said, guess Kev slammed film critics on Twitter. My hero. He starts a whole other rant. Hardly a slam. Pointed out what a dopey, embarrassing blood sport the current incarnation of most film criticism is. And only a dumb system continues showing them flicks free. Hashtag pay like everyone else. But once again, some cats are out of sorts because they might have to pay to see a flick. So they make it about, fuck you, make good movies. This is like reverse Gamergate. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Kevin's going to come out and be like, from now on, only critics pay. For <laughs> Aren't reviews like, I would, I would have to see research on it, but I feel like reviews are more positive now than have ever been 
ever. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's how Kevin splits off from the Disney company because Disney understands that critics are marketing. Like that's that's the point of them. You just have to make them happy enough to get like a kind of positive review, and you're golden. Uh, well, but with Kevin, he sees them as like parasites or something <laughs> the, the, the enemy there's yeah. a thing in here somewhere uh where he talks about how early in his career like getting good reviews from certain critics for like clerks like really lifted him up and like boosted his confidence and stuff mm. so it seems like what's going on here is that like being like a critical darling early in his career as like an indie guy like really meant a lot to him and now oh, that like oh. his the reviews for his movies just get worse and worse, he like feels betrayed by the critics. So he's like getting oh, yeah. really defensive. And he even he kind of references that here. He goes, I don't fetishize my own profession or put it on a pedestal. Why the fuck am I fetishizing <laughs> critics? I'm not twenty four anymore. I've got enough perspective oh, slash experience to make an educated call. After watching the ridiculousness of quote critics quote, reviewing cop-out, I don't know. I'd rather hand it off to some cats who might actually review the movie this time and anybody Stop that's like, cats. but film criticism requires a daft, erudite hand. Not just any schlub oh off Twitter can do it. I say, yes, they can. The same people who democratized writing about movies by being rank amateurs themselves when they started, not, when they started now poo-poo the idea of letting people from Twitter take their gig. Call Alanis... Hashtag here come the chickens. He lost me with that last part. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Maybe it's so here it's God, right? When he says Atlantis, <laughs> he's referring to God. Right. I, I guess yeah. unless yeah. there's like a, a some reference to an Atlantis Morissette song or something she said that has to do with that. Could be him saying oh. it's ironic. Oh, that's exactly it. He's saying it's ironic. You're right. <laughs> He's such a dumbass. Jesus what a dumb Christ. fucking guy. <laughs> and you know what? What you were saying earlier about it being a critical darling. I mean, he was mentioned with all of the people that are now like kind of like Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. If you're those other people, that totally are like undeserved. Tarantino, Kevin but... Smith. Yeah, totally <laughs> undeserved. But he was in that conversation, and he's probably miserable now because he's a podcaster. You know. Yeah. <laughs> And we talked about this a little bit last week with uh, Jack Allison, how like Harvey Weinstein was so uh, influential and important in giving Kevin Smith a career. And I kind of wonder how much of the fact that he was like briefly a beloved indie filmmaker had to do with like, you know, Weinstein's kind of like domineering uh, influence over like industry people, you know? Yeah. yeah. The, the more I watch Kevin Smith stuff, the more I realize like how intense the effort was to create Kevin Smith as a brand, which I think Harvey yeah. Weinstein definitely did with some people. With Tarantino, it was very successful and Tarantino became like, like he pay, almost became his own little empire. He's still one of the few filmmakers that can actually do like a big budget original film, no holds bar. Whereas Kevin, like they gave him the freedom and he kind of failed. Yeah. <laughs> like these are mostly bad movies and he has like a little cult following. But like nowadays, like nobody talks about Kevin Smith except 
us on this fucking podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, without... Well, you're talking to a guy that spends a lot of time talking about man cow. Yeah. So I admire Oh, my God. Brian, thank you for introducing me to man cow, oh, by the yeah. way. The, the this is pharmacist call oh my like, God. plays through my head. Oh, God. That's something to go through and listen to that. Yeah. I'm collecting audio again for a thing we're doing in April. We're going to do a, another episode in April. And uh, I'm definitely going to get some new man cow. He's had some pretty wild. Uh, he's had some pretty wild things happen in the past few months. So yeah, I just listened uh, to the uh, Don Imus one that you guys did, and there was that man, man cow call where I think someone answers this, the phone. They're just like grocery store or yes. <laughs> Yes. That shit is so Supermarket. Good. Supermarket. That's what it was. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. yeah. So with cop out and also this tweet storm going on, like I think you really tell from Kevin's history that he does really want that approval. Like he is kind of a company man. He wants the approval from fans, from critics, from the studio, from everyone. And looking back, like that may be the ultimate kneecap to his creativity because he can't be, a, you can't be a rebel if you want to please everybody. Uh, and I know like on a previous mention, we, we, we uh, I briefly mentioned uh, Tom Green's Freddie got fingered and like say what you want about that movie, good or bad, but it's the work of someone who truly didn't care what critics were going to say. And that lets it be like, wild whereas every single kevin smith film he like he needs that original clerk's reception like he needs to be the darling again yeah so they all come out very bland and conservative they don't take a lot of risks yeah and it's so disingenuous for him here to be like like oh look it's not supposed to be good it's stupid it's a piece of shit that's the point or whatever because like Mm -hmm. you go back to like the kevin smith that made like chasing amy and dogma and this was a guy who clearly was trying to take himself seriously as a filmmaker and clearly Mm -hmm. like wanted to be seen as smart and get a lot of praise from critics but then when the critics start turning against him his way of becoming uh defensive it's like oh you thought it was supposed to be a good movie you freaking idiot you fucking fraud (laughs) yeah i mean you know there's there is that thing where it's like when people don't like what you do in your mind you'll be like yeah i mean but that's what i do so fuck you you know what i mean yeah yeah but his his story is very unique and and interesting and that like he's sort of like I mean, he's sort of like ICP now, in a way, where he's just like kind of just his own business, yeah, his I mean, own brand, and he yeah. he's not looking for new people to watch. He's hoping maybe if he makes a Clerks 3 that enough of the people that saw 1 and 2 come back and watch it again, but he doesn't really care if they get there because he's going to make money on it anyway, you know? And he's just, he's a guy that built like his kind of his own empire i mean and that's how everything works now anyway at least he was smart enough to uh i mean at the very least he was smart enough to lean into sort of the democratization of this stuff and like i respect his independent spirit i just think everything he does sucks yeah (laughs) (laughs) i agree with that it's kind of weird to me that he even keeps trying to make movies now that he like Nowadays, he gets to be a part of this new cottage industry 
of people just being like professional nerds. Like if you got famous enough for being involved with nerd stuff, you can just be like a nerd personality and just make Will money Wheaton. off of Yeah, exactly. He can ve very easily mm. just be like this Will Wheaton figure. And I'm sure he does go to conventions and all that shit and make money off appearances. So like he, he could just kind of coast on his nerd persona to make a living but uh for some reason he really like feels like he still wants to convince himself and the world that he's a filmmaker and really just yeah. at his heart i don't think he was ever an artist no oh my god that is a brutal takedown <laughs> well Holy you know what i would say shit. not an i think he probably was a guy he would have been pretty good writing sketch comedy as part of a writing uh, staff on a on a sketch show where people were able to tell him his which ideas were bad. You know what I mean? May, yeah. Maybe. I think yeah. that's what he should have been, probably. I think he should have just been a guy who works at a comic book store <laughs> <laughs> and never inflicted himself on the world. <laughs> oh my god uh, well does anybody have anything else to say about cop out or it's the not, bourgeois do, do not recommend it it's A not good film. watch the nice guys yeah watch the nice guys nice twice. guys is great great movie. yeah and i'm gonna great watch movie. the lethal weapon tv series because it has sean william scott in it i just oh found yeah out. that's really, really? Mm -hmm. yeah Dang, that. <laughs> that that's does, what I That learned. does sound kind of good. Isn't that is Damon Wayans on that? I think it's Damon Wayans. Wayans, and then the first season they had some random guy. Then they replaced him with Sean William Scott. Oh, okay. Sounds... So I'm just gonna start on season two. Yeah, that sounds pretty good that's actually. Yeah, I'm going for it. I'm gonna watch it up. I'm watching it as soon as I go to bed. Well, after <laughs> nice. I watch nice. this Mike and the Mad Dog documentary <laughs> <laughs> to watch by tomorrow. <laughs> Ted, you mentioned the other guys uh, earlier, and. I kind of made the mistake of watching the other guys like right before I watched this because mm, they're mistake. both on Netflix. And uh, oh, yeah, it's a very unflattering comparison. They came out like the same year around the same time. Did they really? Yeah, the other guys came out a little bit after Cop Out. And like, oh, it's just such God. a much better example of how you make like, uh, you know, a, a funny send up of like buddy cop movies and really, uh, really makes cop out look like shit by comparison. <laughs> yeah, it just uh, he doesn't have the skill to do it. All right. Well, that was we need to talk about Kevin. Uh, thank you, Brian, for coming on. Brian. Everybody listen to Street Fight. Thank you for having me. You have a uh, means TV show starting up, right? We do have a TV show starting at the end of the month. Great. And Everybody it says check March that out. 27th. A little nervous about that date, but uh, <laughs> there will be a TV show. <laughs> we are working on it. I've been looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be exciting. Yeah, I hope super it's excited to see that. Means TV seems awesome. Trying to make the aesthetic uh, uh, Ozfest tour poster is awesome. what we want the aesthetic to the show to Beauty. be. Beauty. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on, Brian. It was great talking yeah, to yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, this is Pharmacist. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>